Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, I've been talking a lot lately about my love of reef aquariums, and as the, most of you know, I come from that world. I mean, I've been a freshwater hobby since I could literally walk, but when I was a teenager, I got into you know, saltwater aquariums and reefing and reef keeping and corals, and eventually got to the point where I was a pretty serious hobbyist about the, in that realm. I was traveling all over the world, talking about reef aquariums, writing articles for magazines, and eventually was a co-owner of a major coral propagation and um, importation firm, and kind of sold my interest in that when I went on to start uh, Tannin Aquatics. I just kind of lost something there for a while on the commercial side, and now getting back into it as a hobbyist and having a lot of fun with it. But a lot of people have asked me about what I feel you need to do when you're starting a tank, how you start a new reef tank, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, I kind of want to talk about that because it does make sense. It's something that's on my mind a lot lately and it can apply to both freshwater and uh, reef tanks. But um, reefs particularly have an allure for a lot of people. And let's say you're, you're ready to set your first reef tank up. You've seen all the cool pictures. You've read all the tank build threads on the forums. You've drooled over all the awesome corals that are available. Yeah, you're, you're really ready to go. And I say, well, but not so fast. As you probably know, a reef aquarium isn't as easy as just throwing some stuff in a tank and blam, you know, tank of the month, whatever. It requires some things out of you before you ever get to the, whoa, check out the pulsing Xenia phase. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a buzzkill here and I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but you need to prepare yourself mentally as much as you do technically and well, economically. Trust me, I know this. Having been in this world for decades, I've actually seen a bunch of this stuff from the beginning. I've personally killed more fish and corals than you hopefully ever will. Most of them because I disregarded the very advice I'm gonna give you right now. A reef tank doesn't just require some technical knowledge. It requires an attitude, an adoption of a mindset of open-mindedness, diligence, and above all, patience. It's so easy to look at all those cool tanks you see and just wanna get from point A to you know there like right away. Well, guess what? As you've probably surmised, you can't. And that's good. Embrace the idea that you can't and don't let it go. It takes time. And in between, there's algae outbreaks, the pesky nitrogen cycle, lousy advice from them, pump failures, water spills, protein skimmer adjustments, photoshopped corals that you've been ripped off with, lighter timer programming, and at least 50 other equally frustrating things before you get there. Right now, you're probably saying to yourself, really? Scott's like the human equivalent of Valium and tequila. What a freaking downer. Reefs are supposed to be fun. Well, they are. I should say they are if you have the right attitude. If you understand that everything we do in reef keeping is part of the process. And the process, the journey, is every bit as enjoyable as the destination and perhaps way more important. Boy, this sounds familiar to you uh, botanical method people, doesn't it? You can't rush it. Sorry, I don't make this stuff up. Sugarcoating it and telling you it's all flowers and unicorns only sets you up for real disappointment when stuff goes wrong. I'm a realist. It's a process. You can find a few tricks, take a few shortcuts along the way, but some carry risk and consequences if stuff goes wrong. Going into this thing, this crack at your first reef tank, is not super hard, I'll be honest with you. It's just not. However, it can test your patience in ways that few other areas of the aquarium hobby can you'll get away with some errors in judgment, some bad decisions. For a while, then they'll bite you on the ass. I'm not going to tell you otherwise because that's not what you need to hear. 
you're dealing with a miniature version of what is the most stable yet dynamic environment on earth. There's a lot going on, a lot that can go wrong, especially if you compound it by trying to cheat a little bit. The good news is that you can always learn from every mistake, every error in judgment, every rung on the ladder, and you can roll with stuff. Deal with it. You're going to get the nasty algae outbreak. You're going to spill salt water, misread your refractometer, whatever. You're human. That's your strength if you let it be. So why not enjoy the hobby the way only a human can? By deploying massive amounts of patience, enthusiasm, and yeah, humility. Let yourself savor where you are in the process. Even if it's starting to a tank and just staring at an algae-filled rock pile, embrace it. Know that that tank full of algae is that way for a reason. Find out what the reason is. Take the appropriate action to eliminate it or not. Rinse and repeat. Enjoy the experiences, every single one of them. And share with your friends. It's more fun that way, trust me. Battle scars are cool. Learn to love this stuff. Protein skimmer effluent could smell a lot worse, actually. Smile. That's the hobby. It's what you sign up for when you see that sexy reef tank on the forum and you say to yourself, I want that. It's a process, and the process begins before the tank is purchased, before the equipment is set up, before a single drop of salt water is mixed. That's when the process begins, and it never ends, hopefully. And I think it's so important to think this stuff through. And as you navigate the kind of muddy waters of the new to reef aquarium land, you should you're, you should step back a bit because you're probably bombarded by tons of different messages about what you need, what you don't need, what you should do, what you should not do. It's a really noisy world. And so here I come adding to the noise for the purpose of giving you my two cents worth on a few things. But you made it this far. You're on the final approach to actually pulling the trigger on your first reef tank. Now it's time to open up the wallet, right? And the good news is that you just saw a forum post about a guy who runs his tank without all the expensive gadgets that everyone else does, like no protein skimmer. Man, his tank's just freaking killing it, right? And you totally want to run your tank like he does. And once again, you need to separate reality from, well, reality without all the crucial data. Okay, so this guy runs a 60-gallon mixed reef tank without a protein skimmer and has 64 different corals and fish in there and his tank is tank of the week on some forum somewhere. His tank looks amazing, a blaze of colorful coral and fish and he never used a protein skimmer or whatever. Now that's cool, a tank largely powered by mother nature with little you know, little intervention from the hobbyist. I kind of like that, right? It seems great. Think of all the money you can save by not purchasing an expensive protein skimmer and all that equipment and all the effort required to maintain it. And not so fast. See, there's always a catch. Sure, you can run a reef tank without a protein skimmer. However, you've got to compensate for not having that first line of defense. And what do you think the first line of defense consists of? Well, other nutrient control and export mechanisms, mainly water exchanges, regular use of chemical filtration media, perhaps a refugium, definitely stepped up husbandry, maybe more filter roll, uh, and more water exchanges. Trade-offs. I mean, even with a protein skimmer in place. I don't know why I'm talking about protein skimmers so much, but it's a piece of equipment that comes to mind lately. Even with a protein skimmer in place, you still need to make the effort to conduct water exchanges and incorporate other methods of nutrient control and export into your aquarium and your husbandry routine. There's just no escaping it. Your reef resides in a glass or acrylic box that requires inputs and exports from outside. In other words, you. It's simply not reality to think that there, you know, all there is to do or all there is to, you know, stocking a tank is, is that. Maybe an occasional water change and that's it. 
the filter or the bacteria do the rest, right? You've heard that before in the aquarium hobby. It's a little different on the reef side than it is in what we do. Not entirely, but a little bit. It's just as unrealistic as the marketing copy that you read that promises no more water exchanges or whatever if you use this piece of gear or add this liquid to your reef tank. Yeah, there's two sides to every coin. And we're just using the protein skimmer, beating the shit out of it actually, as one example here. There's many different applicable items and practices in the reef aquarium hobby. I've always adopted the approach of equipping my reef tank with gear, which I feel provides benefits and becomes part of a multi-pronged approach to maintaining my system. In other words, a very holistic sort of approach. The right-sized aquarium, the correct sump or filter, a protein skimmer, basic chemical filtration media, a calcium reactor or multi-part dosing system, lately a filter, a fleece filter roller. I really like these things. In other words, equipping your tank and maintaining it and managing it in a way that provides layers of benefits, protection, and some redundancies. Take away a critical piece of nutrient export equipment like a skimmer or whatever, and you just have to step it up somewhere else. Kind of like that table at your favorite restaurant that wobbles, right? It'll keep wobbling until the server puts something under the short leg to compensate. In a reef setting, this analogy, although perhaps a bit quaint, is perfect. Everything is dependent upon everything else, and you need to compensate in your equipment and technique if something's lacking. So yeah, the skimmerless tank of the week runs well because the owner does other things to compensate for not having a skimmer. It's that binary. It's black and white. There's always someone who seems to be doing things contrary to what's considered best practices for reef keeping. And I, and I commend that. Pushing the envelope and questioning the status quo is cool. That's what we do here at Tannin every day in the freshwater world, right? However, you need to be able to ascertain if equipping or managing your reef some alternative way makes sense for you. It's a loud world out there. Instagram is filled with all sorts of things and the colors and stuff that is misleading if you're not serious about it. And again, if you're trying to do something on an alternative way and if you're willing to compensate, maybe it works. Look beyond the initial shocking headline and beautiful pictures and video and flashy you know, uh, colors and stuff and think about it for a moment. Do you want to start your first reef aquarium partially outfitted? I didn't think so. Reality check here. This little rant happens to be, uh, you know, something that I've, I've been, been on my mind lately. And I've been talking a lot about the gear I've been using in my reef tank. And although it might look like a thinly veiled plot to conspire with the aquarium product manufacturers in order for them to sell you more stuff, it's not. Believe me, it's about making the right decisions to equip your first reef tank. This is really important. It's about not skimping on essentials just because it would be cool to run it that way. I'm notoriously gear challenged and I'm not the kind of reefer that has to have an electronic controller and monitor looking over every function of my tank or who needs every sort of reactor or piece of gear to do the job. That's a different sort of extreme. Some people just love lots of tech. I'm not that guy. I respect it. I love seeing what it does, but you won't find me shirking a siphon hose for an automatic water changing system. The time it saves is not that big a deal to me. And part of the fun, in my opinion, is being involved with my tank, getting my hands wet. Towels are part of my life. I have enough gear, some cool stuff I've shared with you lately, to provide a supporting role to the expenditures of effort, which I'm willing to make. Because that effort is just part of the hobby to me, just as programming a controller is to somebody else. If you love gear, gear it up. If you hate gear, grab the siphon hose and make a lot of salt water. There's no right or wrong here, but it's important to consider the realities of both camps and plant yourself where you feel comfortable. Likely somewhere in the middle, but possibly not. Just understand the trade-offs and compensations that must be made. It's part of life. It's part of reef keeping. It's simple as that. It's 
something you should ponder the next time you get a, that, that table at your favorite restaurant with the uneven leg. Really, I hope this is just a, a little bit of a long-winded philosophical introduction to the art and science of reef keeping. And I hope it's something that you get into. We'll be talking a lot more about reefs uh, this year because it's something I really believe that um, we in the botanical method aquarium world would do really well in and, and have a lot of fun with. So we'll be talking about more of this stuff. But in the meantime, stay inquisitive, stay enthusiastic, stay, stay skeptical. I'm tripping over my words. I'm so excited about this stuff. And have a great day and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Tin.